It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the solo dance right here. You just got to hit it. Oh. Oh, no, Jake. Well, at least for right now, I'm James Erpine. What up? And welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. Jake Lisko going to be joined by Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers for our crossover later in the show. So if you're looking for Jake, you will get Mr. Beard and Glasses himself in just a few minutes here on Locked On Bengals. But you're stuck with me for the next few minutes. And we're going to dive into uh, the Bengals injuries today. Before we get the the latest on Green Bay and the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and how tall of a task it is, because my lord, my head is spinning with uh, all of the ways a, a team and a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers can beat you. But before we dive into that, a quick reminder: hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Make sure you follow wherever you get your podcast because we are the only daily Bengals podcast out there. So if you're looking for Bengals coverage, Jake Lisko and myself, the dynamic duo, we're, uh, we're going to bring it to you daily. It is uh, – make us your first listen. It, make us your first listen in the morning. We had so many listeners last week say that. You know, in the morning, I, I had wives saying, man, we hear your voice. I hear your guys' voice uh, before I talk to my husband because he's already got it on. Well, one, thank you, husbands. Two, shout out to the ladies that are listening. And three uh, – Tell a friend uh, that that's a Bengals fan because we're the only daily Bengals podcast out there. So uh, let's dive on in. This injury report is lengthy. Uh, on Wednesday, I was at practice, so I can give you a firsthand account of who looked good, who didn't. And, and we'll, we'll dive into it here. Um, first, let's talk about the injury report uh, as a whole. Jesse Bates practiced in full and not a shock at all. During the limited uh, time I was there, and basically I'm a, yeah, all the media – is allowed to be there for about 30 minutes or so uh, of practice. And I posted some video uh, at allbengals.com of Bates, Higgins, and Awujie. But let's start with Bates. I think he looked really good. He was cutting in and out and, uh, you know, of his breaks in different individual drills and was running well. And look, it looks like it sounds like he was dealing with a stinger. And on a short week, it was um, just the Bengals wanted to play it safe with him. And, and they did. And they were able to win anyways. So, that's good news, especially when you're playing a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? So uh, one good news. The second good news is is T. Higgins returned to practice. He was limited, but I thought he looked good. And he was extending his arms for the ball uh, in, you know, dealing with a shoulder injury. That's certainly something 
uh, that you want to see. And it didn't look like he was in pain. He was certainly moving well. Um, so it seems like things are pointing in the right direction there. And it's one thing for Zach Taylor to say it. It's another for us to see it. And, and I thought he looked good. So hopefully he continues to move in the right direction. The fact that he was limited on Wednesday certainly bodes well for his chances of playing Sunday against the Packers. The same goes for Chidobe Awujie. Now, he was dealing with a groin injury and still is. He was limited, but he returned the practice. And I watched him, you know, flip his hips and run during individual drills uh, with other defensive backs. And, uh, you know, he was going through the stretches, you know, doing the, you know, the karaoke and the side-by-side, -side, all, all the different things you do to get your hips and your legs loose. And he looked good. You know, it didn't look like he was struggling. It didn't look like he was favoring it. And it was a little misty. I wouldn't say rainy. It was misty at the practice fields across from Paul Brown Stadium. And he didn't, you know, it wasn't like he was batting an inch or batting an eye uh, when it comes to that. So we'll see with the Wujie, but you certainly want to have as many members of that secondary on the field. And there's a chance that Sunday is the first time the Bengals complete secondary is on the field because if a Wujie can play and Trey Waynes can play and obviously Mike Hilton, well, then that's the first time we're seeing all three of those guys, plus a Jesse Bates, plus a Von Bell this season, which is exciting for you, exciting for us to see what the Bengals truly have in the secondary. Um, let's get to the bad, and then I'll get to some other ones because those are the big three noteworthy ones as far as good news goes. On the flip side, Joe Mixon did not participate. He was on the stationary bike on uh, the rehab field, and he was in sweats. Didn't have his helmet, didn't have his jersey. And this isn't unexpected because – Zach Taylor mentioned it on Monday. We're going to be cautious with Joe early in the week, and we'll see how he goes. Taylor also mentioned that he'd want to see Mixon go full speed one day of practice. So we'll see if he's limited on Thursday. I think that's kind of the key, because if he's limited on Thursday and then goes full speed Friday, Friday's basically a walkthrough anyway. Maybe he could play on Sunday. But I don't know why. I just don't have a great feeling about it. Maybe it's last year, and, and I think a lot of fans are, are pointing back to last year. I don't know if it's that. I just think when you have a, a national report from Schefter, Adam Schefter of ESPN, that says, yeah, he's week to week. And not only that, but uh, Dr. David Chow, former NFL head trainer, says, yeah, I think Mixon's going to miss a little bit of time. It, it's just tough. And, and knowing the Bengals and, and what they do with injuries, they're going to play it on the safe side. They're not going to be, oh, man, you you – absolutely uh, have to get out there this week. No, no, no. If, if he's 65% or 70%, they may say, now we want you at 95 or 100% in week six against Detroit versus 65 or 70% this week against Green Bay with risk of further injury. So, you know, we'll see with Mixon, but that's the latest on him. Other quick notes, Trey Hopkins didn't practice. Zach Taylor called it a rest day, was listed as a knee on the injury report. We'll see uh, how that goes. Deontay Smith was also out with an illness. Xavier Suofilo also out with a knee, which means, and we already knew this, but Jackson Carmen, buckle up. It's your third straight start. Larry Ogunjobi, I think is someone that, that you guys were, were worried about. Our listeners were worried about, tweeted us about. He is um, able to get on the field. He was limited with that knee and, and we'll see how active he is this week. Hopefully he can be good to go for Sunday against the Packers. Cause that's a, a big key, right? Is getting that, Collapse, collapsing uh, pocket up the middle and, and really collapse that and make Aaron Rodgers have to move. He doesn't move as well as he used to. And if you can do that and you can hit him and you can clog up those lanes, those running lanes for Aaron, jo Aaron Jones, it's going to bode well for your chances 
uh, of winning. Uh, a couple other notes. Mike Thomas was limited with an ankle. Stanley Morgan in, Morgan limited with a rib issue. And then Akeem Davis-Gaither was a full participant, even though he had some kind of trap injury or issue that caused him to be on the injury report. Overall, I think this is pretty good news. And if the Bengals are without Joe Mixon, the fact that you're getting Bates, Awujie, and T. Higgins back, all of which probably more important. That might be a take. People might hate it. I think he's more important or they're more important to winning, especially uh, when I I look at this Bengals team, they're probably going to have to drop 30 on Sunday. And I'm not saying Mixon doesn't help you do that, but you're probably going to have to air it out anyways. And Chris Evans is capable of being a pass catcher out of the backfield. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So we'll see, but hopefully Mixon can go. Hopefully they have a full allotment uh, you know of their players every single guy is 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 good to go oh and uh one more quick note the Bengals did activate Ricardo Allen uh the veteran safety they opened his 21 day window he practiced doesn't have to be listed on the injury report because he's not technically on the roster right now Uh, sounds like there's a chance probably a good chance he plays on Sunday which means they would have to make a roster move cut someone to clear a spot for Ricardo Allen. Trent Irwin's still on the, the roster. We'll see if it's him or someone else. Uh, that remains to be seen. Up next, it's Jake Lisko and Peter Bukowski. Locked on Bengals, locked on Packers. A two-segment crossover. Peter's great and uh, certainly worth hanging around to get the latest on Green Bay. And obviously, check out Mr. Beard and Glasses himself, Jake Lisko. But first... A word from our friends at Rock Auto, because rockauto.com is a place I trust. It's someone that you can trust because they've been in the business for more than two decades. And I've used them for something as simple as air filters. Because if you take your car to the dealer and they say, oh, you need to replace this cabin air filter, they're going to charge you upwards of $100, $150, $200. Or you could replace it with rockauto.com and a quick YouTube tutorial much, much quicker. I'm not that handy, and yet I find myself learning from YouTube and saving money with rockauto.com. Don't spend 30, 50, even 100% more at the dealer or at a mechanic when you can do something like that on your own and, and handle it. Maybe it's something as simple, like I said, as air filters or changing your oil. Maybe you need windshield washer fluid or something more serious like a fuel pump, brakes. They have all the parts you could ever ask for. So whether you drive a Daewoo, a Mercedes-Benz, a Toyota, or a Honda, you check them out right now at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck, and be sure to write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Fox, so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm wearing the shirt, baby. That Rivertown Inquiry swag had a Bengals employee ask, hey, man, where'd you get get that fly shirt, that jungle shirt? I told him Rivertown Inquiry. Where else? You want the number one spot for all things Cincinnati apparel, shirts, glasses, it's stickers. If you want something as simple as a sticker, you think I'm joking? If you're watching on YouTube, I got the sticker right here. It could be something as simple as this. They got it at Rivertown Inquiry. You need to check out Doug and his team. And whether it's coming in person, whether they're open six days a week uh, at their Hyde Park location on Madison Road, a location I've gone to, or maybe you want to just go online and check them out at rivertowninquiry.com. You got to get to it. They're open 10 to 6 
Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5 Saturday, 11 to 4 Sunday, or like I said, check them out at rivertowninquiry.com. Quality shirts that are going to last, that fit perfect, nice, comfortable material. And when you check out at rivertowninquiry.com, use promo code LOCKEDON10 and get 10% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON10 for 10% off at rivertowninquiry.com. We are back for another crossover edition. It is a week five crossover edition. The Packers traveled to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. I'm Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers, joined by one of the hosts of Locked on Bengals, Jake Lisko. And Jake, uh, th- these two teams, very uncommon opponent. This is this is not exactly the uh, the league's oldest rivalry, but that makes it that makes these kinds of things fun, at least for me. I actually really like it when the Bengals play the NFC North. That's been some fun years for the Bengals, including a year the Bengals swept the NFC North. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, on the Dan LeBetard show in August was recounting his previous, one of his most frustrating games, he said, of his NFL career coming mm-hmm. against the Bengals, which the Packers, he said they were down like 16-0 and then came back and they were winning by two scores for the end of the game or were driving to kill the game. And then there was a fumble return for a touchdown when Aaron Rodgers missed a fumble. He recounted his two interceptions in that game. He's like, I mm-hmm. always throw interceptions in Cincinnati. So, uh, you know, Bengals fans would love to see that happen again. But <laughs> I think things are very different for this edition. I think that was eight years ago. And so different teams a little bit besides Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Mason Crosby might be the only guy from that team that is on this team. Now, Jonathan Franklin was the running back of that team, yep. a breakout star in that game. And unfortunately, it suffered a, a career-ending injury. Um, might have been in that game, uh, but but really? maybe right after. I don't it, recall it, that. It is uh, unfortunate because he was a really a really popular guy in that Packers locker room. So the Bengals, a bit of a surprise three and one team. They come in, I, I think, feeling pretty good about what they've done. Coming off a, a, a big win against Pittsburgh, they have that wild Minnesota game that. They could have lost, and Minnesota could have lost eighteen different times. So, when you're when you're looking at okay, what what is working for this team right now? What is the number one thing where you go, okay, this is what the Bengals can really hang their hat on right now? Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow in the last two weeks has looked like Joe Burrow in a better version or the best version of Joe Burrow that we saw as a rookie. He's obviously not played a full season worth of games yet, but he's finally moving and making plays off script like himself. Prior to that, the Bengals kind of sheltered him a little bit, but the deep ball with Jamar Chase seems to be unlocked so far. You know, totally flipped the script from last year when it was all, is Joe Burrow ever going to be able to throw deep? Is mm-hmm. and, and the memes are out there. You know, he's 37 years old, I guess, and he can't throw an opposite <laughs> hash, you know, 35-yard vertical, which, you know, obviously he's done at age 24, by the way. Um, but he, he's been really good in the last two weeks, and, the offensive line appears to have taken a step in the right direction. The big thing to watch this week is this offense is still trying to be predicated off of Joe Mixon and running the football. And, you know, you listen to Brandon Staley talk about balance yesterday. I don't think it's quite the way that they're trying to do it in, in Los Angeles. But for the most part, the Bengals are trying to implement a lot more running game this year. Mixon's been pretty good, but we'll have to see what his status is. Generally speaking, the Bengals getting really healthy. But Joe Mixon, the big question is, it sounds like they're really going to bring him along slowly with a sprained ankle. And if you're running back with a sprained ankle, you know, there's a lot of horizontal lateral movement and you probably take that a little bit easy. 
Yeah, the, uh, the the Bengals are 20th in rush offense DVOA, but the Packers 27th in rush defense DVOA. So it is, uh, it's not quite strength against strength in that area. What do you think is different for the Bengals this year? Is is Jamar Chase the, the big reason why they're able to push the ball down the field a little bit more? Because they've had you know injuries to T. Higgins. They haven't really had their full complement of all these guys. It seems like Jamar Chase, maybe it's Joe Burrow's comfort with him that that's been enough. Like, hey, I'll, I'll sling it deep if that's the guy I get to throw to. I think that's certainly part of it. You heard Jamar Chase after he scored his touchdown against Pittsburgh. He pretty much went and said, hey, throw it up to me. And Joe Burrow's like, okay, I, and I threw it up to him and he went and got it. And, you know, there, there are a few things there. One of them is certainly the comfort level between those two guys. Burrow's been throwing to Jamar Chase like a number one and teams are starting to treat him like a number one, following him with their top corner. And the Bengals, to their credit, have been creative and they've started to move him into the slot against Green Bay, as Mike Clay pointed out. As, or not against Green Bay, against Jacksonville as soon as Jacksonville started shadowing him just to get him more favorable matchups. And they have been moving him all over the place, which is actually something they didn't get from A.J. Green quite as much, I think, last year. And Jamar Chase, the direct replacement for A.J. Green. Joe Burrow's also improved, I think, in terms of his deep ball accuracy. He missed some early on, but in the last few games, he he again, he's looked fantastic. PFF's top-graded quarterback in that time, vaulting up in the EPA per play leaderboards, whatever your metric is of choice, Joe Burrow in the last two games has been really good. Now those games came against Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, two of the worst defenses in the league somehow. And TJ Watt didn't play for, for the Steelers. And I would say if TJ Watt isn't playing for the Steelers and Stefan Tewitt isn't playing for the Steelers, there's like one player on that defense and that's Cam <laughs> Hayward. And he was pretty good, but not good enough to mask yeah. the rest of the issues going on for Pittsburgh. So, you know, some quality of competition questions for sure. But when I look at the Green Bay matchup, it's like Adrian Amos, uh, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, and, uh, well, there's no Jair Alexander. So I, I see it as another one where Joe Burrow could potentially try to pick apart a defense again if given the opportunity. How do you think they're handling this idea of, of hey, we, we like to play from empty. Joe Burrow wants to play from empty. You mentioned the offensive line is, has taken a step forward. That was the big question mark coming in. You and I talked about it on Locked On Today a couple of times. The idea of taking Jamar Chase over someone like Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater. How has that offensive line coalesced so far this season? Well, the Bengals' left tackle has been their best offensive lineman. Jonah Williams has been pretty good this year. I, I would call him a top. I don't know, half of the league at least left tackle. And he's mm -hmm. been the solid player that I expected him to be. The left guard has been a pleasant surprise. Quentin Spain has taken a pretty big leap from where he was last year as he was cut from Buffalo and, and was trying to learn the ropes in Cincinnati. I mean, he was playing tackle in Cincinnati. He's, he's very clearly not a tackle if you look at the way he plays and look at his build. But he's been pretty good at left guard. The concerned center right guard, Trey Hopkins coming back from the ACL hasn't been great this year. It's been pretty slow progress from him. At this point, I'm starting to ask the question, you know, have the injuries piled up too much for him? Because yeah. he's been dealing with them since coming out of Texas as an undrafted free agent and really slowly working his way into a starting job for the Bengals. Right guard Jackson Carmen has had the job for the last two weeks. The rookie the Bengals picked, they trade back for and target in the second round very explicitly. And has left something to be desired, I think, of the run game. But as a pass blocker, I've actually been pretty impressed with his awareness, with his general movement ability. There's a touchdown the Bengals scored against Jacksonville where 
he gets his guy on the ground. The guy kind of trips a little bit, but Jackson Carmen helps him to the ground for sure. And there's a looper coming around on the other side of the tackle. And Carmen has his head on a swivel enough to go pick it up, kind of prevents a sack and allows Joe Burrow to get left and uh, make the touchdown happen off script. So credit Jackson Carmen for that sort of thing, doing a good job keeping his levels in space, doing a good job keeping his head on the swivel, looking for work and pass protection. And Riley Reef at right tackle has been solid, steady. You know, he's not a world beater, but they have Bobby Hart there for years. And yeah. Bobby Hart, I don't think is on a team. The guy that was starting at left guard for the Bengals last year, Mike Jordan, not on a team. Billy Price, a subject of unfortunate ridicule because he's a good guy. But, um, you know, the Bengals won that trade, getting B.J. Hill from the Giants for Billy Price. Defensively, and, and I almost feel bad because we spent a lot of time talking about this Cincinnati offense, and the defense has quietly been quite good. They're fifth in DVOA coming in to this game, uh, 11th against the pass and sixth against the run. The thing that that has really stood out to me is uh, their front has been much better than than it has been in years past. They add Trey Hendrickson, um, Larry Ogunjobi, who's been uh, quite good for them, and, and Sam Hubbard as well, who just got the extension. So what has been the difference for this for this team this year? The glue is DJ Reader playing like the stud he was expected to be when the Bengals got him from Houston. He was hurt for most yeah. of last year, but he's really been underrated playing, signing. He's been playing great too. And it's not just like as a run defender where he's been very good and is a reason that the Bengals linebackers look like they're all in the top 20 or so of the league, <laughs> specifically Logan Wilson, who actually has taken a massive step forward, but is very much helped by a pretty dominant interior defensive line in front of him that's keeping him clean, letting him make plays. And to his credit, he's making those plays and has like three interceptions this year, which you certainly take for your second year linebacker from yeah. Wyoming, your third round pick. But DJ so Reader is listed on the Arlads depth chart twice at linebacker. Is that right? <laughs> he's lifted, well, he's he only... listed at two linebacker slots as the starter. There they you go. He only plays one of those <laughs> spots, but he is the every down linebacker for the Bengals. Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis Gaither used a little bit more flexibly, but he's been really good. But the big thing is, you know, that front playing great. Trey Hendrickson showing that he wasn't just a Cam Jordan beneficiary in New Orleans. He's been playing pretty well. And the interior defensive line from top to bottom are studs from DJ Reader, Josh Tupo to BJ Hill and uh, Larry Joby, as you mentioned, those guys are all playing great. The, the last thing I want to get to here before we we turn the tables is how they're going to defend Devontae Adams because every team is going to do it a little bit differently. The Steelers brought bracket coverage a ton. Most teams that said, okay, we're going to live in too high. We're going to make sure that, that the safety to Devontae Adams side is shaded to that side if we can, and we're going to make the other guys beat us. How do you see Cincinnati trying to take care of Devontae Adams in this game? insofar as any team can do it because no one has really found, you know, no one has locked him down. I don't think there's a real way to handle Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers together because those guys are so good together. But I'm thinking back, like the best receivers the Bengals have played this year are certainly the Minnesota pair mm -hmm. and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And in that game, the Bengals shadowed Jefferson for the most part with their only healthy starting outside corner Chidobe Awuzie who's working back from a groin injury this week but is at this point expected to play in practice this week wouldn't surprise me to see them do that again to some degree I think he's a little bit better in terms of changing direction and hanging with those good route runners like Adams and you'll probably see them try to put speed on speed with Trey Waynes against the you know some of the deep threats the the uh who's who's the um uh, why am I forgetting his... Well, 
Well, Marquez Valdez Scantling is on IR, unfortunately, so oh, he's okay. not going to so be he's... in this game. And then they're going to they're going to try and take some deep shots. Alan Lazard, maybe yeah. I St. Brown gets an opportunity. Um, they they hit a they, well, they hit they had a play action shot played or Big Bob Tunyon against a corner that Roger just missed last week. So, um, yeah, it's definitely an element of the offense that 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 they're missing right now. I didn't realize Valdez Scantling was hurt. That that seems like it's kind of a big deal. It is. It is a big deal. They were able to make up for it against the Steelers with Randall Cobb and and some of that middle of the field stuff. So I, I think that that probably necessitates some shuffling of of how teams are going to want to play the Packers. But we only have really one game of evidence to, to tell us, and the Steelers are our unique beast because of what they're able to do with with the way that they're multiple. So uh, something, the something have been very multiple this year as well just to point that out they have been doing a variety of things you and and ricardo allen getting back this week might mean you see a lot of three safety looks mm. the bengals had three safeties on the field for like 21 plays against the vikings in week one and and allen got hurt in that game he coming back this week you might see a lot of that depending on the personnel the packers present them with to try to help with Devonte adams all right a lot, a lot more to come on this crossover edition locked on packers locked on bengals We'll get to that in just a second. But before we do, let me tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, the number one place for you to get all of your sports gambling needs met. They've got a new interface. They do a terrific job getting all kinds of props, opportunities, everything you could want from a site where you put a little money down to make a little money as well. Bet Online has it there for you. Basketball right around the corner, plus a ton of football, golf is is never gone it's never gone we've got a, a big match coming up in thanksgiving bryson DeChambeau against brooks kepka so plenty of opportunities for you to make some money on all of the sports knowledge that you acquire as a listener to the locked on podcast network use the promo code 15 to get or uh, locked on to get 50 percent deposit bonus that's promo code locked on to get that 50 percent deposit bonus when you sign up if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Peter, let's talk about the Packers, shall we? Uh, we I'm ready. I'm ready. So, so let's start with injuries because I'm not as up to date as I should be. I'm not as prepared as I should be for this particular podcast, but obviously David Bakhtiari is, is not available right now. Elton mm -hmm. Jenkins playing left tackle. How's the offensive line looking without Bakhtiari? Cause Jenkins is a great player, but have they been challenged missing their stud left tackle? You know, what's so interesting is uh, they, they really haven't been um, there's, there's one or two miscommunications, a game that, that lead to a sack um, with a lot of young players out there. And other than that, they've held up extremely well. Um, you know, Alton Jenkins, as you mentioned, the, the starting left tackle with David Bakhtiari out, then he gets hurt. Um, and he, he missed the San Francisco game and the, the, the Pittsburgh game. He's week to week every week. It's like, okay, we're going to give him the chance to, to get ready to, to play. It's killing him to not be out there. We'll see if, if this is the week that, that he can be good to go in his stead. It's, it's Yash Nijman 
who has has really played surprisingly well, surprising to me at least how well that he's played. Uh, Nick Bosa got him a couple times early in that game, and he settled in. The Packers have found ways to chip. Um, they bring Mercedes Lewis over, but they've they've really um, rather than say, okay, we're going to go big in 12 and 21 and we're going to go play action and heavy and we're just going to run it at you and go play action to protect our offensive line in pass protection and they've gone the other way they've they've taken angles route and said we're going to go empty and we're going to have five-man protection we're going to make you declare coverages and rogers is going to get the ball out in a hurry and that's what he's done and and what is so unique about that jake is when you have aaron Rodgers, he's the best three-step deep ball thrower that i've ever seen and and his ability, he calls it a transition go. It's a it's a quick set and throw over the top. He can throw the back shoulder to Devontae, he can throw over the top. Um, when you have Marquez Valdez scaling, that makes it a little bit easier to, to have multiple options to make those plays on. But they're still able to push the ball um, down the field, even with some of those quick throws. If Elton Jenkins comes back, maybe we'll see a more traditional offense this week. Um, they have John Runyon Jr. in there at left guard. He seems to be the guy that they want to go to right now. Uh, we'll see how they how they uh, put spread this thing out when when David Bakhtiari does get back. But that's not the case this week. So they're going to have to figure it out. Rookie Josh Myers has been excellent, um, top ten in both pa- in both pass block win rate and run block win rate. Um, he he has been terrific. Um, calls at the line of scrimmage, slide protections. He doesn't have to do a lot of that because Aaron Rodgers gets to do it, uh, and so that's a nice place for a rookie to be. And Royce Newman at right guard, he's been terrific in pass pro in run blocking. He needs to get stronger. You know, there's there's all of the the cliche scouting cliches about sand in his pants and all that kind of stuff. He needs to get a little bit stronger to move bodies. But they absolutely love this kid, and and he looks like a, a gem on day three. And then Billy Turner has has had another really strong season. Um, you know, he was he was really good for them at right tackle last year after a, a middling season, I would say, at right guard in 2019. He's really found a home at right tackle, and, and the Packers are going to have some questions on whether they want to move Elton Jenkins to right tackle and Billy Turner to guard when David Bakhtiari gets back. Those are questions for another day, but but by and large, this offensive group um, ha- has done a good job in the pass protection game. In the run game, they're working on it. Uh, sounds like a good problem to have, a problem that Bengals fans would love to have in the near future and, <laughs> and may, may not, may or may not, but has the running game or lack thereof been an impediment i mean it looks like the packers are still pu- putting up a lot of points when did marquez valding scantling get hurt is that going to be an, an impact this week because as an aaron jones fantasy owner when you tell me <laughs> that the some of these interior offensive linemen have have struggled with the run and i'm thinking about dj reader and how good the bengals have generally been against the run jacksonville yeah. jaguars game notwithstanding when they got got by a lot of misdirection stuff and read option stuff i'm thinking that Aaron Rod, Aaron Jones, you know, I hope you get involved in the pass game as a fantasy owner. And uh, from a from a Bengals fan perspective, I, I imagine they're all thinking, well, if they can't run, then maybe they can get after Rodgers. Yeah, 16th in rush offense DVOA for the Packers. And, and it would be their worst number since they were 17th in 2016 when things were so bad they had to convert Ty Montgomery to running back. Eddie Lacy got hurt. Um, they had a ton of injuries in the backfield and they had to convert Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery never converted back. Um, there were some games where he was he was really terrific as a running back, but they were not a good running team. They've been a very good running team ever since. And so I think this is a little bit of a work in progress. Now, part of that is they play more empty than we've seen. 
And so they're just not running it as much. They abandoned the run almost immediately against the Saints. They said, you know, against the Lions, we're not going to do that. Even if they play that that too high coverage, we're just going to keep pounding it because if you're going to, if you're going to give them those opportunities, um, they're going to keep doing it. Now what's troubling. And I wrote about this for, for the leap, uh, a newsletter I write covering the Packers for your audience who doesn't know Um, the running game, despite those advantages, despite the fact that defenses are playing two deep safeties a lot against Green Bay, they've not been able to run the ball against those light boxes. And that is that is an issue. This last week, I think, was the, was the best that they get getting A.J. Dillon more involved. And I think that's something we're going to continue to see. He actually had even carries to Aaron Jones this week and was more productive as a runner. Uh, I know so for for fancy owners of, of Aaron Jones, you're you're going, please don't do that. The the difference is Aaron Jones has been a, a part of the passing game consistently. Um, three catches for 51 yards last week, I believe. And and so he's he's gonna continue to be a part of that offense. Um the 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 difference is they have not let it hurt their ability to win throwing the ball. And and Rogers um has has found ways, whether it's Devontae Adams, whether it's Randall Cobb, to to get the ball into the windows that he needs to do that. He's still Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, leads. Um, since week one, he leads the league in in Ben Baldwin's composite score, which is EPA per play and, and completion percentage above expectation, top five in EPA per play, top five in, in CPOE. So he's back looking like Aaron Rodgers, and that's a that's going to have to be the case if they run a score as they figure out this run game, which I do think will, will come together, especially once they get healthy. This week, I, I think this is the stiffest test that, they, that they've faced really um, from a run defense standpoint, although uh, you know the, the 49ers front is is certainly no slouch, um, but this this is a very good group, certainly an underrated group. I think there's going to be some Packers listeners of wait, Cincinnati better than than San Francisco? Yeah, this year that's been the case, and and so this is this is going to be a little bit of a, a of a rubber meets the road game for for this Packers run game. It's going to be interesting to watch because there have been some big plays that have been called back for penalty and maybe the penalty sprung some of those big plays, but maybe those calls don't go the Bengals way and and those numbers look different because I think there's still some small sample size caveats that apply. Let's talk about the Packers defense really quick before we get out of here. No Jair Alexander this week, I believe, is the expectation right now Yep. on, on Wednesday as we record this. How has this defense been? I mean, there, there are some notable names that have been hurt. Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Preston Smith having a bit of a renaissance season as far as I can tell. But are you expecting this defense to be a stiff test for the Bengals? The Bengals offense have had a hard time putting together a complete game, as we discussed on a Locked On Today postgame episode on Thursday. Is, is this defense going to stand up to some of the defenses like the Bears and the Vikings that the, the Bengals played earlier this season? I think they can, uh, and I would feel more comfortable saying that with a healthy Jair Alexander and a healthy Zadarius Smith and a healthy Preston right. Smith and a healthy Chris Barnes. Like they're they're dealing with some serious injury issues right now. I think two of their what four best defensive players and maybe just their two best defensive players, full stop, in Zadarius Smith and, and Jair Alexander are going to be out. Kenny Clark certainly uh, has a claim to that. He's been playing really really good football this year. Um, and and dominating especially centers when he gets matched up with them one-on-one he's been wrecking people um but they've they've used him a little bit more as a three tech to to get him against guards to get him involved in some of those um you know the 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 games that you can run with the outside linebackers so it's one of those things right where if kevin king can come back healthy eric stokes has been playing terrific football 
um, ever since he was inserted into the lineup and, and he was targeted seriously, Jake, 15 times against Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. 15 times. Now he's a rookie corner. That's going to happen. And, and they threw the ball a bunch, but he only gave up 10 completions for 82 yards. So, and had a pick. So that, that is, I, I, that is doing the job of this defense, which as I've said, like a to play the Packers it's we're going to play a lot of too deep we're going to you know disguise coverages and we're not going to let you get big plays and that that is going to be the goal again this week so to your point Joe Burrow has that accuracy plays in rhythm can he can he find those matchups underneath and hit the shots when they're there because Big Ben had two opportunities to hit deep balls against the Packers that he couldn't do he did hit the one if if the Bengals can hit those I think they have a good chance. Um, if they do, it's going to be it's going to be pretty difficult because play to play, play to play. This Packers defense has been really, really stout, and and they've been as disciplined and consistent as they've been in, in a while. Plus the talent. So it's it's um it's been frustrating when they do have these lapses because the rest of the time they've looked they've looked pretty good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Bengals continue to try to run the ball, especially if Joe Mixon doesn't play against some of the two high fronts because like the Packers, they've had issues running into light boxes with two deep safeties, and we'll see if that continues this week or not. The other thing that I'm very interested to see is how the Packers manage the Bengals' three wide receivers if T. Higgins is back this week. You mentioned two mm -hmm. deep to try to help over the top, help keep the ball in front, but if you watch how the Bengals attacked the Jaguars last week. They did much the same, I think, for a lot of the game. And Tyler Boyd kept getting matchups with Miles Jack underneath and kept running these little, you know, juke routes or or sit and return routes, depending on what you want to call them. And, and the Jacksonville Jaguars just had no answer. Tyler Boyd was killing them underneath. And it'll be interesting to see how the Packers might answer that sort of attack where there there might be some shots, but they're, they're going to have to deal with Tyler Boyd too. And, and that's that's basically the the same plan for the Packers only in in reverse because Randall Cobb was that that sort right. of zone beater against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're gonna if you're gonna say everything in front, everything in front of us, then you need someone who in front of us, right, can can make those plays. So to your point, yeah. Tyler Boyd, the you know whip routes, whip return, all of those fun little things. That's where Randall Cobb lives too. Um, it was just it was just little slant routes, glance routes, um, deep over routes, just to create a little bit of separation, get him on a linebacker, get him, you know, getting passed off. His touchdown was was on a pass off backer to safety and Terrell Edmonds, by the way, four, four, seven Terrell Edmonds, like freak athlete Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. Couldn't carry him across the field. So he's looking pretty spry. So maybe it's maybe it's a matchup of which which slot receiver can play the best. I think this is a close game. I have this in that like 30 to 28 kind of range. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be an exciting game, sort of like the Vikings game was. Hopefully not quite as sloppy where each team tries to give the ball away like six times in the final two minutes. But you never know. Uh, as as Aaron said, weird things happen in Cincinnati for the Packers. So that is that is where I am. I have it Packers 30, Bengals 28. Yeah, I could see it. I don't make predictions as listeners to my show know and hate. <laughs> We're missing James for that aspect of the show. I could see it being a close game. I think it's winnable for the Bengals. I yeah. also think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback they've played in five games, and it's not close at all. And so some of the things that maybe they got away with, they'll be tested a little bit more in that secondary this week by a very, very good quarterback. But as you said, 
weird things happen in Cincinnati. And I would like for some more weird things to happen because they're fun to talk about. But Peter, appreciate the conversation. Looking forward to this game this weekend. And in a lot of ways, the first big test for both of these teams. Division leaders. So it's the it's the AFC North against the NFC North. And for, for King of the North, well, let's, let's throw back to Game of Thrones. It's King of the North time. Just in time for that dragon show to come out. Anyway, that should <laughs> do it for this crossover episode of the Locked on Bengals, Locked on Packers podcast. For Peter Bukowski, I'm Jake Lisko. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.